0: How do you balance optimism and realism as a hospitality provider, both leading a company and as you think about your own career? I had the chance to catch up with Mission Hill Hospitality CEO, Greg Neely to talk about this and what else he saw at the Lodging Conference this week. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry, and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your
1: goals. Let's get started. It was really encouraging to see so many people. I think they had record attendance at, I heard, 2,700 folks at the conference, which is pretty substantial. So that's great. It's always fun to go to these events and reconnect with colleagues and meet, meet new ones. The sentiment was, I would say, mixed. Right. I think the average hotelier is an eternal optimist. So factor that into the to the math a little bit. But there's a lot of concern about the rising costs in, on the operation side of the business, labor, opex, real estate taxes, insurance, all those things. So there's a lot of bemoaning, those trends. Interest expense has been a huge impact, a negative impact on an existing investors, folks who own hotels, folks who are trying to develop new hotels. That makes for a much more difficult environment to to try and and, and advance your business or, or grow your portfolio, you know. But on the flip side, there's perpetual, there's the perpetual optimism around the resiliency of our industry, the fact that we are now, if not fully staffed, largely fully staffed, whereas a year or two ago that was a massive issue. So I think that it was yeah, mix in that regard. How do you balance
0: optimism with realism? Let's say and maintain an outlook that ends up being productive for you as you lead this firm as an investor?
1: I think when you are making a decision about whether to acquire a hotel, it pays to be a pessimist, right? Falling in love, believing trees grow to the sky, losing discipline can have really significant adverse consequences. And so when our team is in that mode of evaluating a deal, we bring a very healthy degree of skepticism and rigor to that process. On the flip side, When we're thinking longer term about where Mission Hill can grow, where the select service sector is headed, where we can add value to our existing portfolio, those are areas where we tend to see lots of opportunity and that the tone or the mood in those meetings is much more optimistic. Over your
0: career, you have led investments across such a range of hospitality assets. I want to break this down in a few different levels, maybe starting at the highest level can you describe the case for investing in hospitality versus other assets? What's unique and what's interesting in this asset
1: class? You know, when I started my career in real estate investing, hospitality or hotel real estate was in the early stages of becoming a true institutional asset class. There were publicly traded REITs, of course, but it wasn't as big in the private equity space. That's evolved a lot. And I think, which is great for the industry. You Why is I, that? What happens? when it's institutional friendly. It just allows for more growth, right? I mean, there are a lot of hotels, you know, that KSL acquired, you know, in its early days that were, you know, severely undercapitalized and undermanaged. But when you have private equity capital willing to step in, you find yourself in a situation where you can create some truly special hotels and resorts. And I think those investments did very, very well, but it also creates phenomenal guest experience, growth opportunities for employees, and so forth. And I think what what we have seen subsequently in the global financial crisis and even in COVID is that the hotel real estate is very resilient. It is more volatile historically than other asset classes, but it is incredibly resilient because travel is almost a fundamental human need, right? If you look at the long-term trends of the travel and leisure industry broadly defined and you compare that against a more macroeconomic trend, the growth in travel and leisure is higher um, and it is in fact more resilient. And so from a pure investment perspective, you know, it's very attractive. It also allows for more levers to be pulled over time. I mean, having invested in an asset managed offices, warehouses, parking garages, apartment complexes, you have far fewer things you can do along the journey, right? If If I acquire a hotel, and i see upside in it, i can get there with change of brand i can get there with renovation most impactfully of course is changing out and bringing in great leaders and great teammates to drive that hotel we talk about aces in their places that's a, a way to really unlock value it's less so in other areas of real estate some people love that some people don't like that for me it makes it uh, all the more fascinating and enjoyable
0: I appreciate you breaking that down because I think when one of the things that stands out to me when I go to investment conferences is the optimism I feel in the short but also medium and long terms. And I think for people listening, regardless of where you are in the ecosystem, it's important to make a bet with your career on something that has a long-term potential. And if you look at all the tailwinds of the industry, it's it's very exciting in that regard. Great hospitality providers know that every touchpoint matters a lot, so they spend a lot of time making sure that each interaction better serves their guests and makes life easier for their teams.